0: A producer purchased 50, 300 pound freshly weaned calves, brought them onto the operation, processed them, and within 36 hours, 15 were dead. What's going on with this case? Welcome to Tox Talk. I'm Brad White, joined today by Dr. Scott Fritz, who's a veterinarian and a board-certified toxicologist working here at Kansas State University Diagnostic Lab. Hi, Scott.
1: How's it going, Brad?
0: Good. Glad to have you with us. And we want to have some discussion on this case today because all of a sudden we've got a producer that had 50 calves that they brought in and 15 of them dead within 36 hours. Lots of things are popping into my head. Typically we would expect some potentially disease things, but this is awful fast. What are some of the things you're thinking right away when you hear that
1: history? The big thing with this case is they were processed. And so my first question is what were they processed with?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because there's things that go through your mind. Are you thinking anaphylaxis, endotoxin? What else are you thinking there?
1: Yeah. Were they castrated? Is this got some bleed out situation that we could have controlled? Were they given an injectable trace mineral product potentially?
0: Great point. So in this case,
1: they actually were castrated. They were implanted
0: they were dewormed, and they were vaccinated, which I think was with a viral product and potentially a clostridial product. Um, Does that help any on your rule-out list?
1: Yeah, we can take off the injectable trace minerals since they didn't give them. Occasionally, you will run into a selenium overdose in some situations.
0: Okay, so worried about trace minerals. So if they gave too much, too much. Is this what you'd expect to see with that?
1: It's not all that uncommon. They're the deaths are not really fast. They're more delayed. To me, I think 12 hours to 24 hours in a selenium situation for sure. But the ataxia, the weakness that they saw, the clinical signs fit. It's the acute selenium poisoning is more of a just a cardiac collapse, typically what you see.
0: So sudden death with selenium poisoning rather than these had some clinical signs before they died. And you mentioned some of the clinical signs that the owner observed. Some calves with weakness, ataxia, uh, seemed almost inebriated, which actually could fit with an anaphylactic reaction, or or is this consistent with an anaphylactic reaction?
1: It could fit. I would expect anaphylaxis to happen quite a bit faster. Yeah.
0: But- so not not within thirty six hours, within three hours, right? right? I mean, we're in a, a much shorter
1: time scale. Before you get done cleaning things up, you would see some that were affected.
0: Yeah, and so we didn't see that in this case. What about your other theory, which you posed right away, which is some of them bleeding out from castration? Is that possible still?
1: I think so. I don't know how you'd rule that out, other than standing there on the ground and they didn't report any issues. I mean, you can see them bleeding if they're going to bleed out. <laughs>
0: yes. So, so, so the amount of blood, but the clinical signs—weakness, ataxia, stumbling, almost inebriated—severe blood loss will cause all of those signs. But we would think we'd be able to look at the ground and say, "Yeah, it's probably not that." So they didn't see a lot of blood loss. So. Maybe not anaphylaxis, maybe not castration bleeding. The other one I mentioned was endotoxic reaction or endotoxin, high endotoxin level. And we don't know specifically what vaccines they were given in this case. Is that still on the list?
1: I think so. That's another one that I would expect a little bit faster, but there's differences in every presentation. I think that's still appropriate.
0: Okay. So the veterinarian in this case gets to the operation and first thing they, you know, you have 15 out of 50, we're going to do some necropsies. What did they see on necropsy?
1: I got the picture sent to me on this case. And the first thing they noticed was some brown discoloration of the tissues, which is kind of uncommon in a necropsy. You know, that that brown discoloration, I guess the listeners, I'm sure know where we're going with this. That'll disappear pretty quickly after death is that the blood issues themselves correct themselves.
0: So you see brown and and you're saying brown discoloration, you're talking about the blood and the tissues.
1: And so you're thinking what when you see those pictures. So immediately it sounded or looked like a nitrate poisoning case. And so nitrate's gonna reduce the iron well, nitrate is gonna be reduced to nitrite, which affects the iron and heme and makes it so blood can't carry oxygen, so the blood turns brown.
0: Okay. Now I'm really confused because based on the case history and nitrates sounds like nitrate. You look at the cases, you look at the necropsy, that's what it looks like. These calves are in a dry lot. They're not in a situation where I would expect they had exposure to nitrate. Because what would be some of our most common sources of nitrate poisoning for grazing animals?
1: The sources we typically think about are drought stress forages. The big ones are the Sudan, Sudex hybrids. Even drought stress corn stalks can be a problem.
0: Or things like uh, frost stressed, we're going to look at Johnson grass, some of those other things, they would fall into that category as well, correct?
1: Yep. Any forage plant that basically stops photosynthesis is going to uptake nitrogen, but not be able to burn it off. And so as they accumulate nitrate, anything like that, we can run into problems with.
0: Okay. And on these calves, in this case, they went into the dry lot. So now what are my potential sources? How are we getting nitrate? Because they're getting fed hay and feed in the bunk and they're dying within 36 hours. Is it possible they got exposed prior to arriving?
1: I wouldn't think so. Nitrate poisoning is pretty acute. Those animals are going to, you know, as soon as they have an acutely a toxic dose, they're going to be dead within a couple hours. And so I wouldn't expect it to be long term or held over from a, the previous location.
0: And our diagnosis here, preliminary based on the, the color of the blood, fits with our clinical signs where we talked about ataxia, stumbling, or things like that as well,
1: right? Yeah, they fit because you're going to end up with the tissue anoxia situation, the stumbling, that all fits to me, especially the acute death.
0: So I'm going to guess you want to take samples of the feed. You want to take samples from the calves. What samples should I send into the lab from the calves, from the feed? Anything else I should send in?
1: Feeds usually the number one that's always a good sample from the calf. We really need ocular fluid postmortem. So we're going to measure nitrate in ocular fluid. We've got a pretty good idea of what that should be. And if it truly is a nitrate case, that's going to be grossly elevated like four or five times what normal is.
0: Okay. So we've talked about ocular fluid before, but I'm going to pin you down a little bit and ask more about. So what's the best, easiest way to get that sample and how much do you need? What size syringe needle should I use and how much should I send into the lab?
1: That's a great question. I prefer not removing the globe from the animal if you can avoid it. I like a 16 gauge needle. I like a 12cc syringe. It fits my hand the best. You go in lateral to the junction of the cornea and sclera. Try to get the fluid out of the anterior chamber. It's liquid. I don't want the gel out of the back. The anterior chamber is what I really want. So I want the aqueous humor. Uh, put it in any tube. I like a, just a plastic snap cap tube. Just they're easier for me to handle.
0: Red top, okay. Red
1: top would work fine. What you don't want to do is take the eyeball out and put it in a nitrile glove because the nitrite and nitrile, there, there some... <laughs> I had not thought about that. Yeah, that messes up your desk. So if you, somewhere in a tube would be great. Or if you don't have the time, I think it's faster doing that than taking the whole eyeball. But if you want to send the whole globe, just make sure it's intact. If you break that seal, if any bacterial contamination can drop the nitrate in that eyeball.
0: And I don't need much. You said 12 cc syringe, but you only need how much?
1: Typically on a calf like this, you'd get maybe a mil.
0: Okay. So you get a cc or so aqueous humor from the anterior chamber, 16 gauge needle whatever size syringe you want to use and then put it in a red top
1: tube i need to handle that any specific way freezing fridge you can freeze it i'd rather you just cool it down because if it's frozen when it gets here we just have to wait for it to thaw so throw it in the fridge would be fine okay um i will tell you from experience it's a lot easier doing these on fresh debts than it is something that's been dead a while that eyeball's got a little bit more spring to it
0: yeah (laughs) they desiccate after a while and you don't get as much out of those so we're going to take that sample, and that's always a good talk sample. Any other samples you'd take from the necropsy? We're going to take fresh or fixed samples.
1: It's always good to take as much as you can. I know I was out there. I understand that there's you know there's time involved. You got other places to be. The best submission you can do is going to result in the best results. Right. So if you know fresh and fixed tissue complete sets awesome Um, in this case where we kind of had an idea of going what was going on we we got a few tissues but nothing major a lot of people submit rumen content for nitrate poisoning it's a challenge because even after death the microbes in there will degrade the nitrate and so it's not really useful could be be gone
0: so the rumen is not gonna be near as useful as the ocular fluid and then are you taking feed samples water samples any other samples you want to take from the environment because I'm still confused on where these calves got to
1: sure so feed and water are big we haven't talked about water I guess in this case the facility typically only held 35 they brought 50 in they needed to add some more water so they got a, a small trough and brought water in you know we're using an old fertilizer tank on a trailer because it was accessible and easy which people do all over the country and ran that water in the trough and so that ended up being the issue
0: What do you mean? How was that the issue? The water was the issue?
1: The water was the issue. So the tank had held fertilizer beforehand. So you could never get them all the way empty. And even if you wash them out that it seems like the nitrate in there will somehow get in the polymer of the plastic. So even a tank that has been washed several times, will run into issues with that. And honestly, I see five or 10 cases every year about this time.
0: Because when we're using it for fertilizer, it can be pretty concentrated, but even way diluted in a tank. When you fill the tank the rest of the way with water, it can be enough to cause this type of symptoms.
1: Yeah. So a lot of those fertilizers are in a, you know, tens of percent. So call it a 40% fertilizer. That's 400,000 part per million in 100 part per million in water is enough to cause problems. Wow. You dilute it two or three decimal places, you still have enough in there to cause a problem.
0: So I don't have to have much in the tank to put water in with it to be a problem. And even if I've rinsed that tank, like you said, it could have leached into the plastic there in the tank itself. It leaches back out in the water. I don't need much to cause this type of problem.
1: No. And we've seen cases where brand new tanks, the pump and the actual hosing on there was not cleaned out and we've seen cases where that's caused a problem too.
0: So the key in this equation is you have a tank that's used for water and nothing else besides water.
1: Yeah you need a dedicated water tank.
0: Okay so if you're going to have to haul water what about anything about the stock tank or anything else or was it all in the water hauling in this case?
1: So they had an automatic waterer sitting there and we got water from that and then we got water out of the trough that they hauled water to and so the ocular fluid on four different calves was four times what we Expected it to be. The, the automatic water was normal, and then that trough was like 14,000 part per million still. Wow. There must have been a couple inches even of fertilizer in the bottom of that tank when they filled it.
0: Wow. So, no wonder they had such severe issues. Now, the rest of the calves that survived that initial go, are they okay? Do I just remove them from that water source? Is there any other treatment that I need to do? Or any of those that have clinical signs, any treatment I can do for them?
1: So, the traditional antidote's been methylene blue. There's some withdrawal issues with that, but it's methylene blue will convert methemoglobin back to normal hemoglobin. So, that's a specific antidote. The calves that are still alive, as long as they don't have access to the water, I wouldn't expect any ongoing issues with them. And so, I think the you know, the ones that died here were the ones that were drinking out of the trough. Anybody drinking out of the normal water was fine.
0: So you mentioned some withdrawal issues with the methylene blue. Is there an established withdrawal or is that something you have to call Farad on?
1: You'd have to call Farad to get their guidance. Most of what I hear is around six months, but each case is going to be specific to its own situation.
0: So anything, and I'll take the obvious one, you have a dedicated water tank. Anything else you'd have done different on this case as you go through?
1: That's a big one. i run into enough cases every year of hauling water that you just need a dedicated water tank. And any time that you're starting to do things, you know, if you've got calves on pasture or whatever and you start hauling water, that's always a big red flag. So just pay attention to what you're doing. They need that. They're always going to be exposed to that. And you just got to do your due diligence.
0: And I... Completely get it, right? Those water tanks are expensive. I don't have to haul water very often, or you may be in a situation where you only have to haul water when it's a really droughty year. Well, you still have to have a tank just for that. If you're going to have to haul water, you can't use it for other things that you might have on the
1: operation. Yeah, they're expensive and they're convenient. They're, you know, they're always on a trailer strapped down ready for the road. Yeah, exactly.
0: So if I want to learn more about nitrates, nitrate toxicity, and things that we learned in this case in particular, what should I do?
1: There's some good references and resources on the BCI website under the toxicology tabs. I'd start there and see where you get.
0: Excellent. Thanks,
1: Scott. You bet. Thanks for having me.